Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to Achtung Rule, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin Except no substitute. Good evening, ladies and gents, one and all. Welcome to the world-famous Axel Millwall, your number one uh, Millwall podcast. Once recommended by readers' wives for our good shopping tips and that handsome chap that presents it. No, not me. It's, of course, the pod father. It is Mr Nick Hart. I bathe in husky chocolate milk, listeners. That's the secret of my skincare regime. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're sponsored by Husky. But if you want to be fueled for your adventure... For the adventure, of course, there is only one beverage to choose. In the winter, yes, it is uh, Bovril, but right now we're drinking husky chocolate. Uh, well, Michael Avery is. Have you finished your uh, your palate yet, mate? Um, I'm down to my last three of the UTZ certified husky chocolate. Let's not forget that in the advertising, please. What are we talking about stats? <laughs> well, give me some content stats and stuff. You know, what are we talking? I think nutritionally, it's actually quite good because we're, uh, we're other... Uh, other milkshake companies may be around 90% sugar. I think this is only around like about 7% sugar. So it's good stuff. It's, it's surprising that you actually uh, you get a milkshake that is mainly milk, but Huskies obviously have, uh, have stepped up to the occasion. And we are still available for sponsorship, if anyone's there, listening. There's an obsession with Husky milk on this show, listeners. These boys are obsessed with milkshakes, I'll tell you that much. Is, is it pasteurised, <laughs> Michael? <laughs> Is it? There's a joke about pasteurised. I'll tell you a fair, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually for anyone listening, I'm, I'm going for more of the gelée, the gelée, the, the husky gelée, please. Don't worry about the milk chocolate. Well, if 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 you're listening, your social media team are pissing me off. Yeah, you don't reply to my DMs. You don't reply to my. You just like things. So you do. You like. You like. You know, was it like a robot or something? Anyway, you're definitely not fueled for the adventure. Let's talk Millwall though. Um, before we get yeah. before we get a bit OTT on it, a bit upset about the old husky uh, husky chocolate. Um, Nick, your thoughts on the uh, on the Swansea game? A bit frustrating for me. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think and I watched the Gary Rowett post match interview like we all do after uh, after the game, and I agree. I mean, I actually think we are improving game by game. The the, the break, uh, you know, enforced on us all by the virus has not done us any favours. The fact that there are no fans in the stadium doesn't help us at all. Um, but I do think that we've improved game by game. I thought we were very slack against Derby and then bit by bit at Barnsley and now um, versus Swansea on, on Tuesday evening. Um, we've, you know, we, we are starting to claw our way back. We, we struggle with all the classic struggles of a mill team and then the fact that we can't create clear goal-scoring chances or take the chances that are created has been our downfall season. Um, 
the fact that our best goal scorer has to sit on the bench because he doesn't fit the pattern is a bit of a conundrum. Um, but that said, I thought we played uh, an improved style. Um, we were beaten by a brilliantly flighted, well, beaten, we, 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 the points were taken away from us by a brilliantly flighted free kick that, and a stroke of luck that came back off the uh, underside onto, onto Barton in. Um, so these are the fine margins that, that separate a decent run from a so-so run. And I just think we're having no luck at the moment. We had no luck up at Barnsley. Um, we played reasonably well there. We played better pretty well against Swansea. Um, it's just a shame we probably haven't got enough games to to really hit our strides. You do get a sense we're moving in the right direction. And if it was a 10-game programme, then we might have a chance. But I just think we're going to run out of games now. There just isn't the time left available. Um, I, I think so. Um, I know it, it's not mathematically out of the question. And I saw that Gary Rowe is, is not dismissing the idea of it. And he mustn't. He's a professional. Um, and he's got to go for a win. He's got, to, you know, the, there's a, there is a chance. As long as there's a mathematical chance, he'll be going for it. That's how you want it to be. And that's that's right and proper. I think in all honesty, if we don't get a result tomorrow night, if God forbid, it's the first Charlton win since 1921 or whenever it is um, that they last beat us. Um, then, yes, I think it is out of the question. It's time to start blooding the youngsters and seeing what other things can be done with this team. Um, I, I, I still think there's an outside chance. It is an outside chance. We've got to see it as such. Um, the, the odds are against us, but as long as there's life, there's hope. So, you know, we've, we've got to press on tomorrow night. A result tomorrow is an essential. It, it really is a must-win tomorrow. Otherwise, you know, um, get ready for the... Uh, the second string 11s and the reserves to come through, I think. Michael Avery. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much concur with everything Nick has just said there. I mean, at, at the beginning, and I don't think this was just Millwall with the Derby game, but I just think with football, after such a long period of the lockdown and obviously the players not being able to do their usual fitness regime, I, I, I do think that the standard of football was poor. And I'm thinking, well, what, what are we, what are we playing for, how are we playing? You know, they, as, as I, I think I've said a few times to you guys as well, that some players seem to have sort of forgotten how to play football, um, as silly as it sounds, and have forgotten how sort of you, you normally have these tactics. I commented on the Manchester United game uh, while back in the Spurs, uh, when they played Spurs, and there was a lot of sort of long ball hit and hopes. But but back to Millwall, I think what, what Nick Sands right um, about the creating chances, uh, I, I've, I've had a few... Uh, comments with some other people about Tom Bradshaw. I, I think he's a very, very good striker. As Neil Harris said, he's probably the most natural uh, gifted striker we've had in a long time. But he's he's not playing as a as the striker. I mean, there's a few times where he he doesn't seem to be in the right positions or the ball doesn't seem to fall for him. You could ask, argue that's positional awareness, but you could also argue to a degree where he's had to drop so deep to sort of help build the play. He's not got the time and the speed to get back in the positions he should be in as a natural number nine. Uh, we said last weekend as well, gents, I do believe that there's an element with with Bradshaw that if if it comes to half time, he's had one shot in the first half, he should be he should be saying to Gary Rowett in a Steve Morrison kind of way, as in a Neil Harris way of old, like you lot need to pull your fucking finger out. Now I'm not saying he doesn't, but he doesn't seem to come across as that kind of striker, if you agree. No, I, I, the thing that fascinates me slightly is I know that there's this I'm no tactician. I'm not going to set myself out for the listeners that I'm some expert on the 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 the, the five three twos, the four the three five twos, the four four one ones, whatever. Um, but I, I 
the reason that Tom Bradshaw is being picked at the moment is certainly not on his goal scoring record because the best goal scorer is Matt Smith and he's sat on the bench. He's being picked because that fits the the formation and the the way that we are playing. And it's largely effective um, in terms of containing a decent side. I thought Swansea were not a bad side at all. They, they play this beautiful game and we, we contain them and largely kept them to, you know, distant shots or and, and, the, and the free kick that went in. Um, the problem is that when we do get forwards, we are putting crosses into the box. Um, so although Tom Bradshaw may well fit well into this kind of pseudo midfieldish kind of role that he's, he's being asked to, to, to play, um, you're begging for big Matt Smith to get on the end of these crosses when we do get forwards. And if one of them goes in the net, then we're ahead. And then, you know, these games are starting to look and feel very different. But, but Nick, um, Nick I, this isn't roulette. Hold on. When Jed, when Jed Wallace gets on a ball and just, like, swings a boot at it, that's, that's taking the piss. That's taking the piss. You know, with the right service, Bradshaw and Smith would get more goals. I was having this chat with, with Harry yesterday. The yeah. winners aren't good enough. Jeb Wallace the other day, I mean, you see him get to the bind line. Take a man on, have a go, give it a, you know, give it a, just, just, just try and do something apart from just trying to swing a ball in and, and hoping for the best. Most of it is hit and hope. Even there was a shot that ricocheted towards him and he's, he's, he's got the ball in the area. Take a touch, control yourself, bang, finish it off. But he doesn't. Everything's just hitting hope, hitting hope, hitting hope. It's just, it's quite frustrating. That's, it's really frustrating, actually. I think the, you know, the thing with Jed is that he's, 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 he's he, as we all know, he's the most creative player um, in the middle side. The problem for him is he's not Cristiano Ronaldo, who can carry a mediocre team and turn it into a, a tournament winner, as he did with the Portuguese a few years ago. You know, he, he's not the he's not that good. And I think Jed's problem is that he he aspires to be more than what he probably is good at, and that's that's being a very very good functional attacking right-sided midfielder come come forward. Um, he, he takes too much on his shoulders. Um, I think he gets overindulgent at times. Some of the crossing. Prior to um, uh, to the Tuesday games, not been not been good, not beating the first man, unforgivable, I think, in a in a, a, a player at that level. And I thought he was improved on Tuesday. I don't know what you thought, Michael. I thought he was better. But <laughs> Mike made a great cynical point on when, when I spoke to him afterwards. It's, you know, was it because Sky Television were in the house and um, you know <laughs> did his game improve as a consequence of the te- of the TV cameras being on him? I, I, I actually like Jed, and I don't think it's that cynical a, a reason, but it does make you wonder sometimes. He's not been that great in the previous you, two games. He, he takes too much a, on himself. Do you think there's a, perhaps sort of uh, going on the other side of the seesaw with what you're saying about this sort of cynical, um, like tongue-in-cheek nature of Sky faults? Do you think there could even be an element to uh, to Jed's game where even if it's a subconscious level, like he may, he may know he's the most creative player in the side. So he's thinking, if I don't do this, if I don't, this effort and if I don't yeah, then, then who who else yeah, is then gonna, who? yeah, yeah. Who else is going to I, I agree I mean that, that's why I think it's been such a revelation to see Mason Bennett starting to come for and he got injured which didn't help our calls on on Tuesday he went off pretty much near half time I think or what was that half time wasn't it um, because he's another player um, we don't have many that can actually create something with, in his case with his pace and power um, I think you're right Michael I think that Jed does know he's the best player it's like being the best player in your school team isn't it you know you you know you have a hierarchy as to who's any good and who's not and I think Jed must know his 
his uh, his quality. Um, when it works, it's brilliant. I just think at the moment um, it can be a little indulgent at times, and and you know we don't have we don't have many alternatives. That's our problem. Mm. Yeah, I think as well. Sorry, 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 Aaron. I, I think as well. <coughs> I, I don't know about you. I found this a bit with the Barnsley uh, Barnsley game. It got a bit better with the Swansea game, but. I think we sort of lack direction in what we're trying to do, if you get what I mean, in the sense that, you know, like with Leeds, they're very much like a fast-paced team who, who like attack, attack, attack. You know, you've got, again, like Liverpool, a similar sort of thing, you know, like a lot of teams play on the counter. But with the Barnsley game, and, and to a degree a little bit with Swansea, I was watching it sometimes thinking, well, what's the plan? You know, what, what are we trying to do? And this goes back to what you were saying, Aaron, with launching the balls in all the time. We don't seem to really know too much what to do when we're in that final third you know uh is, is there a is there an idea i know there was a couple of cutbacks that looked quite nice but no, it, it doesn't seem to be seems to be reactive final the goal the, the the goal was very good i mean this this mm. you know i don't i don't wouldn't want this to be a negative show because i think there's a lot that was, was good and positive from tuesday's um game it's just that we needed a win and we didn't get it but the goal that we scored was was really well taken. It was a you know stroke of luck for Jed to bundle through on the right side, and he caught a break because it, it kind of on another day it might have gone a different direction. It's fallen in front of him. He's got past the defender and pulled it back for Mason Bennett uh, running into the box in the way you want to see, who buried it. And that's that's what you want to see. That that was a really nice move, and that was really something that lifted the spirits. Our problem is that Mason then went off, and that kind of pace and power part faded away a little bit but there was, there was a lot that was good um we had plenty of chances i mean murray went close a few times didn't he with set piece headers it's just that i think um clearly i mean reading the 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 online remarks of gary rowett and the and the, the the videos and whatnot clearly there's there's a need to upgrade the the the, the i need to call it the offense i nearly went into american speak there listeners the offense we've got to upgrade our offense we've got to get someone that can actually getting amongst the goals other than Matt Smith because I, I like Smith. He appeals to my to my my my, my nature. Um but he's he's a he's a very one dimensional old school kind of centre forward. And that doesn't seem to be where Rowett wants to take us. He wants more movement and I think he sees a team based around the likes of Mason Bennett, for example, as being the way we're gonna go. And I think unfortunately for Matt Smith that's that's not going to be him for, for many more seasons, you know. Again, Nick, going back to the conversation I had with Harry yesterday. We were talking about Alexander Mitrovic. Mitrovic in this Millwall team will be brilliant, but don't forget you still got to give him service. You still got to you still got to serve this player with, with with ample opportunities. I mean, a left winger. The club's crying out for an absolutely brilliant left winger. Scala, yeah. I'm sorry, again released. He's, he's taxi, taxi for Mr. Scala. Taxi for Scala. Um, what is taxi in, in Czech, Michael? It's taxi. I looked it up. The word for, the Czech word for taxi, listeners, is taxi. Excellent, excellent. So Just go, taxi go back for Mr. To, Skellig. Going back to Jed, you know, the sort of point I want to finish <laughs> off on. You know, I think Jed's a really good player. I, again, maintain that since the talk of a big money move, he's just not been the yeah. same player. He looks different. I mean, even in front of the sky cameras, I thought he was poor. And I don't meant, I, I never meant, sort of, you know, Millwall launching long balls. I think under Rowett, they've become a much better footballing team. I think I, I really enjoy watching them. I just think, you know, that final ball, that killer ball that needs yeah. to be, yeah. be it through ball, be it across, whatever, it's never there. And again, the one player missing, Ben Thompson. It was good to see him back on the bench the other day, but 
oh my god, the club is crying out for Ben Thompson. Like I just, I, I really like watching him play. I think he's creative. You know, he's he's got a small frame. He can do things. He he's just he he's got imagination. He's got vision, which is which is really good to see. And hopefully, he gets some game time. Um, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, I agree. Ben, I mean, Ben brings enthusiasm. I think Mason, in his funny way, brings enthusiasm. He brings, he, he's hungry. Um, Mason Bennett's got a point to prove. The world is, is, is in, in his in his vision, the world is slightly against him because of circumstances. And I like that. I, I like the look of the boy. And I think Ben brings a different kind of hunger, but he's also energy, enthusiasm. Things happen when Ben Thompson's in the side. I think things happen when Mason Bennett's in your side. Um, things used to happen when Jed was in our side, um, and to a degree they still do. But I, I do think he's, you're, you're right, Aaron. I think that the, um, the, the the idea of moving on has has it jaded him, Michael? Do you think it's jaded Jed? Jaded Jed? Is that is that fair or is that harsh? Uh, if it, it, it's going to turn and heads, it, it, there's no way that there's no way about it. As, as we've always said, fo- football's a career. Um, it's very, it's very easy to be at Real Madrid and be a Sergio Ramos and say I'm a one-club man if I'm on £20 million a year than it is if you're a, a Ben Thompson or if you are someone who loves clubs, but again, it's their job. Let's be brutally honest. Aston Villa, yes, they're in the uh, they're in relegation trouble in the Premier League, but it still, it still would have been in January six months in the Premier League. Yeah, worth um, a lot of money. More yeah. money, more money. And let's, let's be honest as well, we, we, we all love Millwall and we have blue-tinted glasses on. But Aston Villa will have better facilities, more money, bigger squad, arguably better backroom staff, arguably better things in place to, you know, really take the next step in a career. And uh, yeah, yeah, a head probably was turned and he just needs to get his head turned back forwards and, and get back to where he was. But I think I think with, one, uh, with lockdown, something that's really surprised me, well, not surprised me because the boy had potential, it was just the consistency, but... I think Marlon Romeo showed how good he is over the last few games as well. Very strong performance from Marlon. Yeah, I agree. Very strong performance from Marlon. Um, I think he's really developed his game. Um, I'll be amazed if we can hold on to him. I I believe he signed a new terms and contract um, recently, I believe. Um, Struggling in my memory. Um, But he would attract interest from elsewhere. As will uh, Jake Cooper also, because... I think he's, you know, there's there's some crucial blocks being made by the defence on on Tuesday evening, uh, led by the likes of Jake and 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 Marlon, and these are quality players and Hutch, quality players each. We're very lucky in that way. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I don't want to be too downbeat because I think we've actually done pretty well. In fairness, it's just that the, you know, we 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 managed to build our high hopes up a little bit because of the game up at Forest all those m- months ago. I think, Nick, you've got to look at it and say there is a nucleus of a squad that, all oh, Hull have just scored. Hull 2, Middlesbrough 1 in the 91st minute. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. Scored. Wow. Stoke in the relegation zone now. That's By the way, huge, huge goal. Is it just mirrors? Are the bottom six just all playing like Brazil at the moment? You know? I, <laughs> do you know what? I mean, I, I was thinking about, you know, our, our relaxed start to the season, the derby game being the um, the one that I'm talking about. And I was thinking, well, you know, what's, we've gone off the boil. But actually, when you stop and look, take your football um, hat off or whatever you, whatever you want to put it, the country's just been through one of the most major pandemics yeah. well, the most, in, in, in living memory. I mean, if you go back to 1918, you can possibly talk about that. And then you're into the, the, the Victorian times, you know, nothing like it 
ever in anyone's lifetime. <clears throat> and from a standing start, pretty much, I know they've kept themselves fit running around the, the parks where they're, they're, but they're, they're training alone. And players generally, not just Millwall players, but players of all clubs, may have lost family members. They may have lost uh, immediate family, extended family. They may have been through the worry of having family members in in vulnerable situations, like us all. You know, we've all, we've all lived this thing for months now, haven't we? Um, small wonder, really, when you think about it logically, that the mind is not completely switched back onto football because whose has? My mind hasn't been entirely. I don't know about you boys, but I'd, I've struggled with it a little bit. Getting into it now, but it was tough at the start. So you know, that must have an impact. No, I agree. I agree entirely. Um... That was actually a point I, I, I was, ironically, I was going to make that point earlier on. Um, yeah, there probably still is an element where people don't feel that there's, yes, they're running around football, giving the training together, but there could there could be, again, a sub, subconscious thing where you, they, they might not feel that safe. They might not feel that they're in the, you know, the, the sort of um, sort of best of situations. I know, I know that football, and I know, like Aaron, you said, like when you went to Millwall, when you covered the Mill Derby game, just how good a job that they're all doing. And we know how good a job they're all doing, keeping everything as safe as they can, you know, as physically possible. But you think if you're one of what, 22 players and you're surrounded by people with masks, temperature guns, disinfectant, mm. you are going to feel a little bit at ease, aren't you? Well, it's an abnormal situation. I'm as, as, Aaron, you, you stuck a, um, an Instagram, <coughs> an Insta, Instagram video out um, of you checking into... Was it Forest the other night or Derby? Yeah. I, I can't. All of them. I've, I've sort of done the rounds of the East Midlands. So it was Derby Saturday, and Forest yesterday. It's it's a weird, it's a very weird one. But the layers, the layers of checking that you're going through to sit mm. down and do your do your job, basically. You know, this is this is um, this you know this is your living, and 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 you know you're having to be temperature checked, and oh, God knows well, you you know masked up and all sorts of stuff. It is an abnormal situation. I mean, when the two teams wander in from different directions onto the pitch. Yeah, it's very weird. It's very weird. I thought that against but, Derby. But also as well, you, yeah, you, you, you think as well, so to take you off there, you, you think as well, like football's going on and people are starting to play football again. Leicester, the city, is like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying back into lockdown, because they're technically still in it. So you imagine you're playing against Leicester City, like any time soon. You're thinking, well, I'm actually going into one of the hot spots of the country for COVID-19 to play football. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Very deep, very deep conversations we have on Actor Mill. That's why we need a good sponsor like Husky Chocolate. (laughs) Imagine Husky Chocolate, we could have this all over an ice-cold, refreshing bottle of UTZ certified cocoa chocolate milk. You know, we we could be having those conversations with them. So sort it out. And piss off Dean Wilkins, funeral directors. We don't want you. <laughs> but think about those bottom six clubs. Aaron's right that the form of these bottom six clubs has sparked up because they're they're hungry players. They are looking around at the world as it is. I mean, we'll come on to the, the state of football possibly later in the conversation. Um, who knows what next season is going to look like? What the, the 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 sheer employment, the, the employability. Who knows how many clubs are going to be, places of work. You know, there's going to be a lot of players fighting for their lives, quite literally, their I mean, professional lives. That that will be that would fire you up, I think, Aaron, in a way that may be a real... I've got to say one thing. Despite all the Premier League football on right now, there is nothing better than the Championship out there. Look at it. Luton are bottom of the league. They're unbeaten in five. Barnsley, unbeaten in three. Stoke, 
they've uh, lost two out of their last five. Borough, won two out of their last five. Huddersfield, won two out of their last five. Hull have just won for the first time in however many games. Chubb, you know, won two out of their last five. Birmingham haven't won in their last five. You look at the form. Look at Bristol City. Bristol City are rock bottom of the form table. They've picked up five points out of a possible 30. Five out of a possible 30. This is a team that's ploughed money into it and is hoping to go up. If this is not the best league in world football, I don't know what is. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Achtel Noor by far the most competitive league. I mean, I know that there was the there was the brief flurry of interest in the Premier League and will you know when will Liverpool win win it and that happened the other night. Now, I mean I watched um, Bournemouth get hammered by Newcastle last night and they were absolutely annihilated. Um there's there's, there's no there's no fire in the belly. I mean it's almost like teams have accepted their fate. Maybe Aston Villa and West Ham although they won last night. So Teams are fighting for their lives there in, in that league, but it, it just doesn't have the same level of um, competitive spirit, I feel, as the championship. It's, it's certainly certainly great great entertainment. Also, another thing I think I want to mention is the fact that there are no fans in the stadium. Gary Rowett mentioned this in his post-match video, and it's been you know widely circulated around the, the, the many blogs and whatnot, but the fact that there are no fans in the ground really makes a big difference for <laughs> a Millwall team, doesn't it? Um, you know, it's 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 the um, it's our unique selling point, isn't it? The uh, the the intimidatory nature of the den and take that away. Um, I think he's I think Rowett spoke to one of the Derby players who said that you know it's a massive relief to come to Millwall with no fans. That's a direct quote from from Gary Rowett. 
Um, so you know, it's I know I know we're stuck with a situation, but it's it's a major loss from our point of view. So just shows you that was it saying Aaron football without fans is nothing. I think that's never never been more true yeah. than Zampa Road at the moment. Mm, what we what we do to get back in that Millwall calf, mate? What we would do? Um, let's just sort of look at some of the other bits and pieces. Wigan in administration. I mean. This was yeah. a real shock. I know in our sort of group chat yesterday, I was driving, I just see it pinging off. And I thought, oh, God, like, you know, someone's kicking off at someone or something. Like, you know, why is this group chat going off? And then took a quick, quick glance at it, of course, when I was parked up safely on the side of the road. Naturally. In administration. Um, and apparently it could be a tip of a large iceberg in the football league. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I haven't followed the ins and outs of Wigan Athletics from what I can pick up and correct me, boys, if I'm getting this wrong, but Dave Whelan sold up to a Hong Kong-based partnership yeah. consortium in 2018. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, from my point of view, I've not followed the Wigan story, but, um, you know, it's like bolt out of the blue. This news just appears, you know, it's like a, a meteor saying, coming out of a clear, clear blue sky. Um that they've gone into administration. So they'll, they'll draw their 12-point penalty, won't they, um, either this season or next season, depending on how they finish. Um, I've never found Wigan the most lovable of clubs. I'm going to confess oh, this now. I'm, try, I'm trying to sound all um, listeners, and I've never, I've always struggled with them a little bit. They, they have a touch of the Milton Keynes about them. Um, you know, there's an artificiality to Wigan Athletic. I know they've knocked around in the uh, the non-leagues for many, many years. Maybe it's that. They, they were only voted into the Football League in the 70s. Um, and Wigan is primarily a rugby league town. And there's, they've always found their stadium is too big for the club. Everything's about it is like an ill-fitting suit. You know, it's uh, uh, they're ill-loved. I'm, I'm ambivalent towards them, Aaron, I think. I think I'm, not sure, I'm not sure how much he sort of looked into their um, history, Nick. Michael as well. But did their ex-chairman break his leg in cup final? Is that that Dave Whelan bloke? Dave um, I named Dave Whelan. I've got me. Do you know what? I've I've actually I've actually never heard that because you never hear about it. No, you never hear about it ever. Never. No one ever. Uh, no, they, no. They were advertising vehicle for DW Sports, weren't they? I mean, the whole stadium was JJB. 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 Excuse me. Uh, oh, the, the vehicle for his sports outlet, basically. Um, I don't know. I. I Maybe I've always held it against them. They they beat us in the also win screen cup final in 1999, Aaron. I must have possibly, to this day, have held a spite kind of um, feeling towards them. But that said, no one wants to see clubs going out of business. No one wants to see clubs in administration. And the point being, reading the articles on the BBC website today, that Wigan um, is the tip of an iceberg. Um, The Department of Culture and Media and Sports, the government, basically have said that up to 10 to 15 clubs, EFL clubs, I guess, are in danger. Um, the Huddersfield owner, Phil Hodgkinson, warned back in May, 50 or 60 clubs could go bust, which seems a huge amount. That's that's the bulk of the Football League um, in danger. But then, you know, just before we logged on tonight, I'm reading that Cafe Rouge is, is in trouble and in administration. And, um, you know, John Lewis, I saw shutting shops. You know, this is this is a... We're in we're in deep waters here now economically. The thing is, we you know yeah. you know that in physics we always talk about the point of no return, and if you look at things, 
you know, as sort of life has evolved and we've, we've grown up in this and we, we, we've sort of moved into this culture where people have, you know, huge amounts of disposable income. They can go, they can spend on this, they can go there. There's all these different things coming out. There's the internet. You know, everything overtakes each other and you get to a point where effectively, you know, the landlords are charging too much. Well, the businesses aren't making enough. Well, people aren't coming through the doors. Then you have this, 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 this. And it all comes to a head. Very quickly on, the, on, on a note of football, though. Dave Whelan and Wigan, there was something quite unique about his ownership. The fact that he is a fan, the fact that he is someone who, yeah. played, you know, yeah. he, he played the yeah. game. And he was one of those owners who ploughed his money, a single man who ploughed his money into a club. Very similar to Jack Hayward at Wolves. The, the, the Blackburn uh, guy as well. Was his Jack, well, I mean, the, yeah. the Park was known as the house that Jack built. Yeah. You know, everyone called he would pop the house that Jack built. So, you know, Jack, uh, Jack Walker there, Jack Hayward there. You know, you look at these people. You remember Freddie Shepard and Douglas Hall at Newcastle United. You yeah. look at these people, the Edwards family at Manchester United. They, you know, for, from Louis Edwards all the way up to Martin Edwards. These people, these families that ran football. And now it's consortiums. And the problem is consortiums, they don't give a shit. They don't no, give they don't. clubs because yeah. effectively... Your franchisees, let's be fair. I mean, um, there is a club, you know, honestly, I can't remember. I can't remember. Mm. It's, it, I, I can sort of see everything in my head, but, you know, there's some... In fact, Peterborough United, Darren McAnthony, Peterborough United. You know, people talk about him and how he saved Peterborough, Barry Fry, blah, 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 blah. But people forget that they've got so many shareholders there. And Darren McAnthony is is at the end of the day he's reporting to his shareholders every decision he makes he's got to look at them and think i'm playing with their money as well whereas you know you look at dave Whelan, he pumped money into wigan eddie davis at bolton i mean the bolton story's nuts you know he mm. he, he he needed his money back he took his money back and then he gave him five million pound a couple of days before he died you know as a loan it's crazy it's it's a very very strange set of affairs and, and set of circumstances we live in right yeah. now. I was going to say I think with Wigan as well. Um, I mean I mean I I said when they first when it first was announced I was thinking you know if this is due to income because of COVID uh, or, or lack of income because of COVID it's incredibly harsh. Um, I remember listening to a show a while back Nick when you had your uh, your own personal uh, lawyer on. Um, I keep and, him on uh, on on the on retainer. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That would indeed, indeed, obviously. Um, so, James. and Oscar as well, I believe he was saying, you know, if, if there was another incident with Berry, uh, would football league clubs vote against it? Because obviously it's due to to COVID this time that teams are losing money. And, you know, you're sort of voting against people who in turn could then vote against you. So the more you read into it, as you were saying, Aaron, you know, it was four weeks ago, somebody's paid into this or paid into Wigan. It's now taking on Wigan Athletic. And has now put them into a minute. Now, it could be because of COVID, they've not got any money to put in. However, this is yet, as we said at the start of the season with Berry, and we said at the start of the season with Bolton, and every other club that seems to be under administration, Macclesfield, all these other teams, how are these people passing this fit and proper person? Um, um, what's the assessment? How, how are they being able to buy these clubs or get involved in them? It just, it just it just strikes me, really, really does add. They still allow this to happen. It's because there's no leadership. The, the 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 game itself, and by the game I'm meaning the Premier League, the FA, and the uh, the EFL as it's called now, the Football League, uh, have no they have no vision. They are they are part of the problem. I mean, the the, the classic 92 club 
English football model is, is a thing of some, it should be valued. I think everyone listening to this show, football fans more widely, should value what we have because other countries don't have it. It's, it's a source, it should be a source of national pride. And yet somehow we treat it like it's... Um, it's a, it's a disposable item. It's something you throw away with the the, the, the rubbish in the morning, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one cares, and it's a it's it's a crying shame because I'm just looking at a, a, a tweet by a chap called Dr. Paul Widop. I think he's a sociology lecturer. So, listeners who don't like sociology lecturers can switch off now. But Dr. Paul Widop says that Greater Manchester is a microcosm of the state of the game. Uh, Berry gone, Wigan Athletic on the brink. The City Football Group, Manchester City, with franchises in four corners of the globe, and United, Manchester United, hemorrhaging money through dividends to overseas investors. The idea being that there's no local um, pride in the in the fact there's a football club there, or mismanagement when there is, you know, when, when, when there is a local side. You risk it. You know, when you have an owner who, it's, it's a weird one. It's a, it's a very, very weird one. I mean, look at Brentford. If Brentford's owner decides tomorrow he wants his money back, what are the club going to do? Nottingham Forest, what are the club going to do? Fulham. The shafted. Fulham. Mate, Fulham would be fucked beyond belief. Beyond belief. They've got a three-sided ground. Half of their ground's in the Thames, mate. You know, Cardiff, Vincent Tan. And people were taking the piss out of Vincent Tan. You know when he first went in and he's taking this and doing this and doing this? Vincent Tan. You know what? Respect to the man. Credit to the man. He brought them. They came back down. He stripped the wage bill. He tried to build something that was more sustainable. He took them back up. You know what? He came back down. Fair enough. He kept with the manager. He kept fair enough. He did it within meetings. But look at Derby. You know, people talk about Frank Lampard as this all-conquering manager, and he's amazing. He's this. At the end of the day, he failed. He failed last season. He should have got Derby promoted. He had a massive wage bill in the championship. He didn't get them promoted. And now look at him. You've got this, that, the other with their owner. They're selling the stadium for £80 million to another company. He's talking about overseas investment. I don't know if anyone's seen today. One of the actual investments, uh, the investors, has been pulled up for some dodgy charge in the US. You know, yeah. there's all yeah. sorts going on. There's all, and I'll tell you what. It makes me thankful that Millwall's actually a well-run club. Mill was a well-run, well-run club. I think it has a, an owner that we um, we, we should be very, infinitely um, thankful that we've got John Barrelson. He, he reminds me, well, he's, not, he's not a local boy, but he reminds me of the kind of ownership that you described at the start of this conversation, Aaron. Local blokes that cared for their club, that want the best for it, but manage it within um, certain parameters so that it functions you know, properly as a business without over overextending itself as you would want it to be managed yourself it, as a tangent it, it just struck me I, I remember when we spoke to Steve Claridge during the uh, the lockdown and Steve Claridge is now owner stroke um, manager stroke owner of Salisbury Salisbury City I think non-league yeah. club and he has a, a financial philosophy that says that they won't borrow anything at the at the bank that income through the gate, whatever that is there, I don't know, a couple of hundred people perhaps, but income has to match outgoings, you know, um, so what you get into the gate is what you can spend on players. And I thought to myself afterwards, only in football is that a radical idea, that your income matches your, your outgoings match your income. Only in football is that thought of as being faintly unambitious and stupid, you know, it's it's it's, it's such a madhouse. And fans, to a degree, have to... Uh, reconcile themselves that for for a club to to function within its income, it may not be 
traditionally right. ambitious. How many clubs are there? Yeah. How many clubs are there? Look at QPR, Queen's Park Rangers. You know what? They went up to the Premier League twice. They spent money hand over fist to bring in players. They brought in, what was it, uh, Julio Cesar, the World Cup winning goalkeeper from Inter Milan. They bring in this player, that player, spent £15 million on a defender in January. They do all that. They go back down and look at them now. They haven't got a pot to piss in. They can't pay no. wages. You know, Reading, you know, the the, the, the company that own Reading or the, the, the parent sort of, you know, company, whoever you want to call them, the vehicle that own Reading, they're looking at selling part of the land around the ground. They want to develop the training ground to recoup money. Birmingham wow. City, since the, 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 the Pawn Brothers sold them, They've been, they've had owners in and out of prison, in and out of prison. Charlton, shit show, Hull, shit show. Yeah, yeah, Huddersfield, yeah. Huddersfield. Do you know what? Fair play to them. They're only thinking they're all right because they've got two years of parachutes left. Two years of parachutes left. They're thinking yeah. all right. Borough are probably the most stable club there because Gibson put his, you know, his money where his mouth is every year. Then again, so is Stokes, so is Peter Coates. You know, you look at it. They've put their money in, but I mean, the Premier League is the problem. It is the most morally bankrupt place in the world. Do, do you know? Yeah. This mm. sort of delusion. Do, do you know what it is? It's like it's 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 like it's it's the the best simile metaphor I can think of is like you know like the big shark with all the little fish underneath it and the fish think as long as I stay nearby this I'll be all right I'll yeah. be okay you know as long as I'm on its coattails I'll be all right I can survive but the difference is is this shark of the Premier League. It, it doesn't give a shit if these things are following it or not. Like, and it doesn't care what health or, or situation they're putting themselves in to try and follow after it. They'll let them go. They won't think, well, I need to protect these little things underneath me if they start falling behind. They'll quite easily let them go. And then they'll just go away and, and potentially break away. And what? yeah, it, it, is, it is worrying. Some of those clubs you were saying there, Aaron, it, you're, you're absolutely spot on. Michael, don't worry. Bournemouth are next. Bournemouth are next, mate. Because they've got a bit Billy Big Bollocks going, oh, 10,000 capacity grounds. Yeah, we're all right. Gate receipts mean nothing to us anymore. Yeah, they did with the TV deal, pal, with the TV deal. But look at that. You know, they will come down and they'll feel it. And you know what? People take the piss out of Norwich and go, well, they didn't spend X, Y, Z on players. Well, you know what? They've tried to do it sustainably. They yeah. tried to do it sustainably. It hasn't worked. Fair enough. They'll come down. West Ham, they get relocated. They're in big trouble. Big financial trouble. And you just wonder where clubs make it up, you know? Where do they make it up? Well, it's, it's made up on the on the um, the illusory promise that next year is going to be as good as last year or perhaps a little bit better TV-wise. Um, it remains to be seen. I mean, no one really knows what next season is going to look like at the moment. We don't know um, what you know what, when it's going to start. There was uh, In the article I was reading earlier on, they're talking about maybe a, a September start for the um, Premier League and maybe the week before and very end of August for... The relaunched football league um but it's it, it's fascinating stroke hor- horrifying to read these words from hodgkinson the, H- the huddersfield owner 50 or 60 clubs could go bust and some are only trading because they're deferring wages tax and other creditors we well, can't you can't do that for long you know that there will be a reckoning so we've already seen wigan in trouble we've seen berry go out of business we've seen um, innumerable clubs, you know, having uh, 12-point penalties for, for this, that and the other. Um, as a competition, you start at a certain point to argue that it's it's a failed competition. You're listening to Achtel Noor. We're doing it after that impassionate rant about... Uh, about... Yeah. 
what I could really do to cool me down is a nice cold bottle of husky. Uh, anyway, <laughs> a nice cold bottle of husky. Let's talk about the mural mural. The mural mural. Well, Bob Ross has been back, in it? There's a lot of, lot of artistic debate, and I don't know if you boys picked this up online. I never knew that the mural support was such... Um, Aesthetes for when it comes to lions and and um, you know artistic design. I think we're going to go for the the Tate Gallery for our next away day trip because um, there's a lot of artistic comment out there. I quite like I'm gonna, I like the lion and I like the railway sign and the fact they've now got the the old um, Neil Harris um, Banksy style you know arms outstretched mirror on the other side of the road. I think it's fantastic. So. I just wanted to say well done to everyone that's put this together. There's an artist called Lionel Stanhope, um, who was the, um, the the creator of, of the actual designs on both fronts. He was assisted by a couple of um, undercover t- uh, types. I don't know if you're aware of the graffiti artist world out there, Aaron, but you don't actually have names. You only have tags and handles, you know? It's not a, a name scene. So Wizzy, WYSIWYG... Ratstar and Soul have been involved in the creation of this, um, and and Lionel Stanhope. Um, so well done to everyone. And the MSC helped put it together. And I just think it's it looks really good. And you know, I haven't seen it in real life yet, but I I've seen the photos. I think it looks pretty good. Um, it's got to be an improvement what was there before. So um, just want to say well done to everyone involved in it because I quite liked it. Nick, what would you be your tag, your graffiti? My tag, I don't know. I'd have to call myself um, the colour of my hair now. I'd have to call myself um, grey beard or something like that, wouldn't I? Yeah, grey beard. CBL mag. C- CBL mag. Yeah. Well, that, but that identify. Everyone knows who that is. Yeah, I think the, the point of a tag is that no one knows who it is. You're you are like a man of mystery out there, aren't you? Like yeah. A, yeah. You know, you move by I, night. I think, Aaron, you, yeah, Aaron, you should be husky with a wine. No one would know. Yeah. No, no, no one would know who that is. No. Ma- Michael, you could have had club underscore shop or Dale, just Dale. Yeah, yeah. The other so, thing I just want to say Dale, to listeners, yeah. no, if, I, if I may, if I can inter- interject, boys, is I just want to bring everyone's attention to the fact that the Sistine Chapel in Rome took 30 years from start to finish. The Zampa Road Arch has just taken a couple of days. Now, if that doesn't impress anyone out there, then I don't know what will. You're listening to Achtel Millwall. Uh, Cholton taking on Millwall at the Valley tomorrow. Uh, Flaggate, Michael Avery. Flaggate, yeah. What do you want to say about that, Michael? Sound positively pissed off about that. (laughs) Well, 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 I mean, I mean, I I just find it very bizarre. Go on, no, please, you, you, you start, Nick. Go on, you, you do the call. Well, just to, just, like in Star Wars just to explain, carry on. to the listeners, Flaggate is the, um, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but there's been a huge um, blue and white lion Mill supporters club flag that's been put up on the um, well, home games and away games, actually, at Barnsley. I think it was there. Certainly was at the Den. And um, I think it looks really impressive. So again, well done to whoever's funded that, the MSC. That's it looks great. It looks great on the screen, in my opinion. Um, and then there was a, a mystery um, <clears throat> posting by the MSC early on, which I picked up on, which was um, like a like a hangman type thing as to the person who um, was obstructing the Millwall flag being erected or laid out at the Cholton, uh, the away end at Cholton. And you you were invited to um, <clears throat> fill in letters on them like a hangman. There was a the first name was a three letter word, then it was a hyphen, and then it was um as a six letter word thereafter. One or two suggested a B to start off the second um, uh, part of the word, and there was a couple of E's in the first part of the word, Aaron, as well. I saw, 
And I'm pretty good at Hangman. I worked it out to be Lee Bowyer. So Lee Bowyer, as I understand it, is being obstructive about um, the, not having the flag at the at the um, at the away end at uh, at Charlton. Um, or it may be the board. I, I don't know who it is, but I, I worked out Lee Bowyer. But it might be someone on the board with a similar name. I don't know. But I think they, they, he doesn't want anything of Mill in the stadium. Um, it seems so. You know, which is a shame because um, I was going to put together a McDonald's flag for him. <laughs> that are we going to see some of that genius artwork at some point? It's, right, it's out there. It's online. I, 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 I took the McDonald's golden M, the old golden arches, and put MFC underneath it. And I thought we could put that and the Isle of Dogs in like yellow lettering <laughs> above it, and have that stuck at the as a, make a banner out of it, but stick it at the Charlie's red. You know their colours. So um, too late now to get it organised, sadly. But um, yeah, so no no blue and white banner at the at the Valley. It seems um, even the banner sends a message, listeners. How about that? Anything else you want to say about that, Michael? Um, (laughs) You've sort of so articulately put it so well, Nick. But um, all all I will say is there's... For for a club who unofficially say that they've sold out of room, there's still an awful lot of room where a blue and white flag could go. So I'm I'm not sure why they're doing that. I'm I'm, I'm not really a, a, a... Big fan of Hangman. I'm more of a Wheel of Fortune, so I'm going with the consonants <laughs> first before we start throwing in the E's and the O's. Um, boy from Husky Chocolate. Have we? Yeah, they've liked my tweet, and uh, they've put they just like whatever you're saying, um, Aaron. It's just the, the fact that they don't want to put any chocolate your way, mate. That's the thing. Isn't it? We've got a lockup free, and we've got a couple of driveways free. free. <laughs> put it in my lockup. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, we are Nick. You lock up free, you know. Nick really. They would, have put, they, would have, they would have put this stash of husky chocolate, if, if, listeners, if it arrives, they would have stick it in my garage. They don't know how much gardening gear that my, my wife keeps ordering and sticking in the garage. So I don't know where it's going to go. If it I was going to say, husky, you've literally got one more chance, and then we'll set Harry Warren on you. And then what? <laughs> Sorry. And then we're, we're going to go to TW Drainage, yeah, and see where they'll put their drainage rods. Yeah. Let's, let's talk enough husky. Let's talk about our injury crisis going into tomorrow night's South London Classico, Charlton versus Millwall. We've got an injury crisis. Um, Mason Bennett. Mason Bennett is, is doubtful, according to um, Oscar, the Oscar reporter. Um, news at Den speculating Mahoney or Scalak on the left of attack. I don't know if either feels moved much, much faith. Um, Mahoney, I didn't think um, impressed on Tuesday night. Um, I probably would go with Mahoney out to. In all honesty, I've just not seen anything from Skellig ever. So Mahoney, I would think if if there if Mason is not fit enough, um, or Tomo to return, as they put it, behind uh, the striker, main striker, whoever that may be. I'm going to guess Bradshaw will start. That seems to be how how, how uh, Rowett likes to set up. So possibly Mahoney in for um, Mason Bennett on, on on the left side. I don't know if that fills you boys up with much faith, but um, it'd be nice to see Mahoney start to to show some of the promise that I think. Does look within him that rarely shows itself, you know. Yeah. Is um is is that is Alex Pierce still injured as well? Doesn't mention Pierce. Doesn't mention him at all. Yeah, um, he was on the bench the other night. Yeah. If if Pierce is back after um after sort of what happened with Mahoney and the injury to Mason Bennett, maybe do we slot Pierce back if he is fit? We slot him back into the back and we push Fergie out until the left. Ferguson further forward, possible, possible. Bob Varson's going to be out a couple of weeks, says Gary Rowett on the uh, the news at Den. Am I right? Um, a contract at the end of the season. I would, I would, would 
think so. I don't know, to be honest. Um, I mean, Gary Rout describes that as a bit of a blow for us. I mean, again, another player that um, has, has flattered to deceive in his time at Mill, really. A couple of moments where he's looked all right, but just not, not consistent, not often enough. Um, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see on that front. Certainly, is part of an area that um, Rowett said is we're, we're looking to, uh, to strengthen going into the summer or whatever you want to call the break between the end of the season and start the next one, late summertime, perhaps. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the uh, 36 wins for Millwall historically, 12 for Charlton ever, and about 25 to 26 draws, I think. So um, we can't, if, if nothing else, uh, Gary, if you're listening, tomorrow night's a really important game not to lose, mate. I, I, it would be nice to win it. Obviously, but don't lose it. I think that's 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 the mm-hmm. message I want to send out to the Mill squad that uh, I'm sure tune into the show. Exactly. No, indeed. Mark indeed, I it is. I mean, we 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 all know um, that. Yeah, let's 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 be honest. I think this game means more to Charlton than it does to us. Um, but it's still always nice to have that little bit of a uh, little bit of bragging right that they still haven't been. Oh, absolutely. So long, but absolutely. Yeah. And I just, I just, I, yes, yes, even rivalry aside, um, I know you were saying that, you know, we think that the playoffs might be out the window or looking like they're out the window. But I think if, if we do get a draw, it will be good that, again, it will be another season and not beat us. But I think a draw or a loss, it will literally be. That is, absolutely, like, as you said earlier on, Nick, that, that's it. That will be over now, playoff-wise. So it is, it is a big game. It's always when we play show on a big game. But I think this means quite a lot to both teams because as you were saying as well with the form at the bottom of the table Aaron Charlton are Charlton are fighting for their lives as well so oh, it'll be an interesting one it's, 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 it's yet another game it's a shame that the fans can't go to because it really this yeah. one really does mean a lot you need- I mean a, a win a win keeps our season alive and um, you know I know it's an outside shout but it's still a shout so you know it's a must win so if nothing else we want to beat Charlton but if more than that we want to stay in, in, in the hunt for the outside chance of a playoff spot. So um, players must approach it from a from a winning perspective. I feel tomorrow. Just uh, on, on on the injury news. Anyone else? But anyone else flying around? I'd like to see Ben Thompson play. I really want to see Ben Thompson play. Just get on with it and give give him some games. Did know? I see Ben? Um, I thought um, just I wanted to name check Sean Williams from the other night. Um, Ryan Woods uh, earned most of the plaudits um, from the club side, but I, I thought that. Sean Williams' performance on, on, on Tuesday was very calm, very collected, and I want to see him start tomorrow because um, he brought a solidity back to the midfield that had been looking a little bit wobbly of late. But um, there we are. So we're on Sky TV tomorrow night, listeners. Tune in on Sky from 8.15. Yeah. yeah, Matt Webber said he's ready for his dog walk. Listen, lads, well, you know, if you listen to the end, Matt, you'd have heard your name. There you go. Uh, yeah, live on Sky from the swamp, I mean the valley, uh, it is uh, Millwall and Charlton Athletic. How's it go, chaps? Charlton versus Millwall. It's eight. It's seven forty-five tomorrow. It's eight o'clock. Eight, eight fifteen tomorrow. Eight, uh, it's all on the line. Season um, can turn. It's either, we're either going to be alive or or mid-table respectability tomorrow night. I'm going to take us because we've been playing better. Um, I'm going to let my heart rule my head. I'm going to go for a Charlton Athletic nil. Millwall won. Mark Wavering. Um, Gary Rowett seems to have identified that 
Lee Bowyer and Cholton have done well with set pieces, so he will nullify them. I have every faith, and it will be Cholton nil, Millwall two. I'm going Cholton one, Millwall two tomorrow at the Valley. Oh, we've had a tweet from Husky Chocolate. They will be listening tonight, and they will keep us posted. Thank you very much, Husky. Thank you. We love Husky. We're ready for uh, adventure. Oh, oh my Gideon. Ready for an adventure expedition. <laughs> TW drainage, you can put your rods back in your pants now, yeah? <laughs> we're, go- we're going chocolate milk league here. Um, chaps, thank you very much once again. It's been thank you, Aaron. It's been fun, mate. It's been a thank lot you, of Michael. Once again. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the football. I hope you're all safe. Don't go mad this weekend. It all lifts again on Saturday, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't want to be chucked back down the week after because that won't be fun. Uh, good luck to the boys tomorrow night. Let's hope Ben Thompson uh, plays. Go on, Benno. Um, yeah. Until next time, chaps. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Afton the Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Arrivederci, Millwall. Until next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.